Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game of Love After Dark. I'm your host, Jessica Smith. And I'm Rashawn Sanchez. It is a pleasure to be here. Oh, so great to be here. We are so glad you are here with us on our second episode of After Dark. So this episode is all about uncovering your true sexual essence, deepening and expanding into your sexuality and bringing ultimate pleasure into your life. We've brought in Erotic Blueprint Master Coach. You've seen Netflix new hot show, Sex, Love and Goop. She's a somonic sexologist and creator of the Goddess Approach methodology, combining holistic health, spiritual psychology, and embodiment. We have Julianne Vaccaro here with us. Julianne, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm, I'm thrilled to be sitting across from the both of you. Thank you. We are so happy to have you here. We have been so excited for the show. And I think just the prep and preparation for this has been one of the most fun experiences, not only having the opportunity to actually sit down and watch hours of television, which <laughs> who has the time for, but I had to do it, uh, but also just digging in deeper into exactly what a somatic sexologist does, mm -hmm. um, learning more about your program with the goddess approach, which is trademarked, good for you, mm -hmm. um, and really just learning more about spiritual psychology and embodiment and what that really, really looks like. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like so many women that have been finding the show have just felt so heard and so seen and so understood in who they are and the the histories that they've had with their bodies and with their sexuality. And so I'm just I'm so thrilled that we've gotten this out to the mainstream and that it's becoming more of a upfront conversation in our households and with our partners and lovers and friends. Yes, we are so blessed to have you here, especially on the heels of, you know, this show, it, it has exploded. I mean, even people, even my mom watched it. Yeah. <laughs> She's oh like, gosh, oh my, I love it. <laughs> have you seen that new show? So to have you here is so beautiful. You being a master coach. Hello, girl. Okay. I'm, I'm honored. I'm, I'm still interning in the master coach position. But yeah, we're, I feel lucky and grateful to be in that position because the coach program is closed right now. So we're not bringing on any more coaches and this work is now out there. And yeah, my heart is so full. Well, um, we feel so full to have you here. And going back to the work that you do, what got you into this line of work? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's been such a journey. I My journey started about 10 years ago. How, how much story would you like? As I can, much as you want to give us. Yeah, yes. I'm an open book. <laughs> yeah. So my journey started about 10 years ago and I entered into the holistic health coaching space. And I was about 19 at the time, and I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life and in my career. And I went to school for art and fashion first. And as soon as I got there, I was like, this this shit's not for me. Like, I don't want to – I can be cutthroat. I'm from New York. Like, I'll go all the way to the ends of the earth to achieve my vision and do what I need to do. But it has to be something that my heart and my pussy is in, and it just wasn't. And so health was really the thing that caught my eye and caught my attention at the time. And so – I was going to be a registered dietitian. I was going to go more of the conventional route. And that was kind of like, I'm not, I'm more of like this rebel archetype. I'm not going to like work for the big man and do things the right, like not the right way, but like the conventional, traditional way. I didn't want to sit behind a computer or work in hospitals. I wanted to have the freedom to really create my business and create a coaching business that felt good for me so that I could really help women in the areas that they needed help. 
And so when I went into the holistic health coaching space, there were so many good intentions inside of me, but I was still really operating from a place of lack. And so many parts of me felt like I was broken, like I wasn't enough. And if I could just have this perfect body, then everything would fall into place. Like then I'd have the money and then I'd have the man and then we'd have the great sex and then I would feel fulfilled. And so when I went into the holistic health coaching space, that was really like at the bottom of it all. And so I tried every different dietary theory under the sun. I did Atkins and South Beach and paleo and macrobiotics, all of it. And I landed on raw veganism for quite some time and I loved it. Like I loved it. I was going to a organic farm across the street from where I lived and I would juice every single day and I was making smoothies and I was doing all the superfoods. Like I was doing everything right for my body. And about three years into that journey, I came down with really bad adrenal fatigue. And I had started working with an oriental medicine doctor because my hair was falling out. I was gaining so much weight. I had no energy, like no libido. But I was eating really clean and I was doing the right movement. And I was just like, why is my body doing this weird, funky thing? And so we tested some things in my body and we realized that it was adrenal fatigue. I was and, and some of you might even re recognize that those symptoms in mm -hmm. yourself, like anytime I would go from a seated position to a standing position, I would black out like I couldn't see. Mm -hmm. I was just taxed. Right. And so I started introducing meat back into my diet. And that was the first turning point for me where I really realized, like, you can eat perfectly so to speak like you can again eat all of the organic juices and all of the right supplements but it's not if it's not right for your specific body type then it's not going to work for you and if you're only looking at nutrition you're only looking at like 10 percent of the puzzle when you have all of these different layers of who you are right like your physical body is one but you also have your emotional body your mental spiritual social all of those different parts of you and so I learned, I learned that lesson so much in that moment and started really listening to my own body. Like, what does my body need? How can I take everything that I learned in my trainings and my own life experience and create a diet that works for me? And so I started to do that. I healed the adrenal fatigue and everything started to feel really great in my body again. I got all of my energy back. But I was still operating from this place of I need this perfect body. Like I, I still just need this perfection. It was also so much of me was craving and clinging to that vision out of protection and safety. Like then I would be safe. Then no one can attack me. And so I went and took a hard turn into the fitness space and I taught yoga for about four years. I was a boxing and a kickboxing instructor. I worked at UFC gym out in Long Island. And I remember I saw... Jessie Hilgenberg, I think is her name. She was a bodybuilder. And I remember seeing her her body and I was like that, like that will be my life. I will do anything that I can do to get that body. I will eat chicken, broccoli and rice all day, every day. And so I did for about another three years. And I went hard into the NPC bodybuilding space and I competed in about five bikini shows, a figure show. And I really loved the sport. I loved the discipline. And it fed so many of my insecurities and it added to so many programs and societal conditions about what it means to be an attractive woman, what it means to be a good, sexy woman. It's such an objective industry where there's very blurry lines about how they judge, right? And there's such a high expectation of what you have to do and sacrifice to, to really place. And so... All of my eating disorders came back that I thought I healed. Like I struggled with anorexia and bulimia for my whole life. And I 
was experimenting with PEDs. I was struggling with substance abuse. Everything in my body was just coming to a head. Like my gut issues were through the roof. I had lost my period for over a year. I wasn't even um, bleeding anymore. And this was all something that was really norm normalized in the industry. Like it was, it was a joke that you would purge after a big binge, right? And so I started to just be like, what the fuck is this? Like, mm -hmm. how is this normal? How is this just something that you can talk to your friends about in the industry and no one thinks this is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. And it had to start with me and me saying to myself, like, okay, this is a big deal. This is something that you really need to look at. And I was about two weeks out from my last show. And I remember I would always convince myself that I could buy all of these snacks. Like, I'm such a snack queen, even in the present day. And I would buy all of these really delicious foods and convince myself that I would wait until after show to eat them, but it would never make it. I would end up in a binge and a purge, and that was just a cycle that I did. But this one binge was bigger than I had really had before. I remember I drove home from Target. It was about 10 minutes away from my house at the time. I was in my mom's car for some reason, and I remember I pulled into the driveway I put the car in park and I, I looked in the rear view mirror and like I was just covered in peanut butter and Oreos, like my steering wow. wheel, the gear shifter. And I was just like, for who? Like, for who are you doing this and for what? And yeah. I was in my mid 20s at the time and was like, this is not my path. I know that this is not going to be my life forever. So if you don't cut this shit out now, like you're just wasting time. And so I competed two weeks later, play second, and was like, see ya. And I remember my coach at the time was like, you can't get on stage looking at that. Like, like you can't look like that and represent me. And I was like, fine, I'll do it by myself. Yep. And so I finished, and that was really turning point number two for me, where I was like, okay, like let's do this thing from a place of self-love. You want the perfect body. You want to feel good. You know so much. You have so much experience with the body. Let's combine these, these bodies of knowledge. And so I was trying to combine the world of aesthetics and health. Like, how do I get the body that I want and get the body that I love and look good and feel good, but from a place of nourishment and really from a place of, of wholeness within me, not needing to fix anything, but really like I want to I want to love who I am and feel good in the skin that I'm in. And so at that time, there wasn't a lot of, from what I saw and where I was sitting, it didn't look like there was a lot of the, the com combination of that, of those two things. Like the supplement industry was very bro diets. It was a lot about mm -hmm. tracking macros, right? It was very like, you are a man and this is how you eat. And there was no like space for femininity and, and the, the female body and female hormones. And so that was really the space that I went headfirst in and I kicked my eating disorders again and I healed my gut and I got my cycle back and I started using like natural birth control methods. I swore that I would never do hormonal birth control ever again after all of the PEDs that I used because I just was my body was a mess and it took me like a good solid two years to really feel like the inflammation was down to really feel like the adrenals were reset to feel like my gut could handle foods again. And once those things started to chill out a little bit, I started to see deeper parts of myself and I started peeling back the layers just like an onion like you would do in any kind of journey. And in this healing journey, I started to see like, oh, fuck, like, what's this? I never saw this before because <laughs> I was so focused on food and so focused on this other thing. 
And so I found myself in one abusive relationship after the next. And it was quite confusing for me because I had come from the perfect family. Like my brother was valedictorian. He's an aerospace engineer. He's a genius. My sister is beautiful. She's married. She has three children. Um, My mom's a nurse. My dad's a fireman and was an accountant. Like why the fuck am I ending up in abusive relationships? And I mean, the extent to them, there was three that ended in court orders of protection. Like it was my safety was on the line. And I just didn't understand why. And so there was one abusive relationship that ended in a big sexual trauma that ended with a pregnancy that I later found out was was planned on his end and was non-consensual on my side. And it just cracked me open. Yeah. Like we always have a choice, but it didn't it really didn't feel like I had one. And Mm -hmm. it it asked me to sit, sit with myself and sit with my body and feel. And I felt things that I never thought I could feel, you know, and and really go into the depths with myself in. And I and I did. And so that that was the biggest turning point for me. And that really led me into the work that I do today because I started to see that all of these other issues that I was having were manifesting from these deeper traumas and these deeper limiting beliefs and ideas about who I was. I was so disconnected from my spirituality and from my body, even though my whole journey was about my body. And so... I heard about somatic sexology on a podcast and met the mentors that I've been working with for the last four years. And I just I fell into their lap and it was a beautiful journey and homecoming for me where I really reclaimed my sexuality, reclaimed my pussy power, connected to my body in ways that I never even knew were possible for me, did so much wound healing and healing around the pregnancy, healing around what it means to be able to have these parts of my body that can actually create life and like this huge responsibility. And it transformed every single thing in my life. And I started to unravel the patterns that had continuously come up for me and I started to attract new things in my life like the men the quality of the men were incredibly different I started to skyrocket in my business I hit six figures within six months after that like I started making so much more money from just working on my sexuality and I was like what is what is this right (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that that was a long-winded answer but that's really how I ended in the work that I am today and and there's there's a lot of stuff that's happened since that moment but that's what led me here well thank you for sharing that and what a powerful wild journey that was and thank you for showing up in this world and going (laughs) through all of that (laughs) and seeing you present day you I mean, I sing your praises uh, all the time now. And now that you came into my life, I'm just madly in love. And you are so gorgeous on the inside and out. And you are so powerful, mm. magical. And on like your, your Instagram and your website to see the testimonials from mm. the people that you've worked with, um, you're changing lives. You've changed mm. lives. And that is so beautiful to have such an amazing spirit with us today that, I mean, you've saved people, you've changed people, and you've done it uh, because of the work, because of all the hell that you've been through in the course of your life. So so thank you for sticking through and going through your dark nights of the soul mm. and then doing all the all the healing on top of that and all the training and your resume is hella impressive. (laughs) So thank you so much. And 
Something that we noticed last night watching um, Sex Love Goop um, and the, the work that I've done with women over the years, especially on my transformational retreats, is being able to witness other women. Yeah to witness their journey, to witness their transformations. It's really powerful. Like I'm all like in my feelings right mm -hmm. now. And it's so important for us to have these talks and to be so open with each other because um, you said yesterday, um, you said, you know, we live in our experiences and a lot of times we don't see outside of them. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what a lot of what you're talking about here is we, we can only experience our own individual existence, right? And so to, to take a step back and have that opportunity to look at something from more of a, we'll call it a you know 50,000 foot view and really see that whole picture. You can't see your whole picture. Yeah. And the reality, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to resonate with this, is life is so incredibly complicated, but it doesn't have to be. And a lot of the complications that we live and we experience that keep us down are our own creation. I mm -hmm. say a lot, we are the architects of our own misery. And if we can take that Brilliant. step back and really <laughs> see how we've built this structure around our existence and then figure out how to bring that wrecking ball in and do that. And I do think, I'm a big believer, this is why this show exists, about removing shame and creating communication. And so your work in terms of sexual healing is imperative. We have all been told things or made to feel a certain way from the time we're little before sex and 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 sexual power even really comes into play. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of a lot of women who are probably going to be listening to this and I think the three of us in this room can definitely relate to this as well of being young girls, little girls and being sexualized before we even knew what that meant in terms of make sure you have a sweatshirt on when when so and so comes over mm -hmm. that those shorts are too short like you're it's a, it's a child what what shorts are too short why are why are you being viewed in that capacity and how that messaging resonates into our existence as adult women and how having that like rebellious archetype or really mm -hmm. just wanting to shake the status quo you still feel like you have to justify how you're choosing to show up in your own life and why? Why the fuck are we trying to justify our existence? I don't have to explain anything to anybody, right? But And yet continuously, even having that self-awareness, we still find ourselves doing that, especially in the bedroom with our partners. And that, I think, is where this work is so incredibly important. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, like you said, we have all been so sexualized. Well, I don't want to say and speak for everybody, but so many of us have had the experience of being sexualized from such a young age. And there's even moments now, right, where I'm talking with my coach and I'm like, I want to post this video and, and I want to be dancing and free and, and I do it, right? And so for I think a lot of people that follow me, like you're not always seeing what's behind the scenes. I share almost, you know, 80% of my life and I hold nearly nothing back. And it's a challenge sometimes to still, still show up in that power because I know that not everybody sees and views sexuality and women in this way, right? Like it's still a world that has so many conflicting beliefs. And so it's like, who am I as a leader if I shake my ass on Instagram? Who am I as a leader if I, you know, move in this way? And it's like this, this movement that I do 
it looks sexual, but it's really not. It's sensual. And like, that's another part of the conversation is like, I'm not, we're not always moving in the sexual way, but it's so sexualized in our, and then that feels so unsafe to express. And we feel like a lack of safety in the world and just walking down the street. And so we hide it and we close it down and we shut it off. And it perpetuates the cycle that we've been in as women, for sure. It really does. I was talking to somebody the other day who was just made this comment about how uncomfortable she is around certain personalities because they shine so brightly and she's doing everything she can to not be seen. Mm -hmm. And this is a beautiful, vivacious woman. And she just wants to fade into the background and being around people who shine really brightly, especially other women, makes her incredibly uncomfortable. And then she lashes out Mm -hmm. at those women because of how that makes her feel. And that stems from such a deep rooted place of when she was little when she was probably told don't run don't scream don't be loud don't don't alert people to your presence right and it's this messaging that we get over and over and over again that I think is so fucking traumatizing and then it affects our pleasure and so I'm really interested because I was when I was watching the show there was I took so many things from the women who appeared in that um And I'm using women, they, them here because we did have um, a queer couple there as well. But I took so much from their experiences and just was able to resonate, even though they were so different, Mm -hmm. each person, I was able to resonate with that experience that they were having in that moment and better understand, you know, what that looked and felt like and realize that as different as we all are, as as different as our kinks and our fetishes and our turn ons and our experiences are, we are really the same at the core because we've all received that same messaging throughout the entirety of our lives. Mm-hmm. And fuck it. That that I was, Jessica can attest to this. I even paused it in that first episode with the couple who had been married for uh, five, six years or something like that. And she had never experienced an orgasm, right? And her partner made her feel like that was her fault, mm-hmm. right? She has a small clitoris. What the fuck does that... I'm not going to go down that road. But this was the moment where I even paused it. And I looked at her and I said, my heart breaks for this woman. Breaks. Because she has been married to this man for six years and has not experienced pleasure. How the fuck does that happen? How? Mm -hmm. And so I'm really curious when your work, when you're bringing new clients in and you're kind of sitting down in that initial process, what is that? What does that initial vetting look like for you? This is very much a therapy and it's really exploring certain aspects of ourselves that I think can be very focused, but have much broader impact on our overall existence. How does that look like? The place where I really start is is the mindset and the outlook on it. Like I really like to go at it from two angles, the, the mental aspect and then the physical body aspect, right? Like a holistic way of healing to me is really including both. And they're, I think, very important to address separately. And then, okay, let's, you know, integrate them both together. So what's happening on that mindset level? I think for a lot of us, we've had really religious upbringings. And even if we haven't been in religious families, like, that programming is still there. So I grew up in a very Catholic household and my mom prays the rosary every single day. She would whisk me off to church when I would get in trouble, right? Like there was programming around what it means to be a good girl and um, what I would think, you know, what, what it looks like to be a good boy. So 
going through our history about like what what was the messaging that we grew up with around sex like really sitting with that question what did you learn from your peers what did you learn from porn where where did your sex education come from did your parents talk about it with you what was your health education class like in high school what would your friends talk about sex because even though we can logically say i know sex is great and it's great for my body and orgasms boost my immunity like all of the benefits to it there's still that young youthful part of you that doesn't feel safe doing the thing and expressing her sounds and and feeling into pleasure like that's one of the biggest things that i see with women is i just want permission to feel pleasure i want to feel like I can actually receive. I want to feel comfortable in my own body. I want to feel comfortable in speaking my desires. And so much of the the stuckness that I find shows up around that is because we don't feel safe. We don't feel safe in our bodies. We don't feel safe in our sexuality. And so all of these things start to kind of spark from there. And a lot of it, I think, lives in the programming. And that programming for sure lives in the body, mm-hmm. right? But like, let's get really clear on what the mindset piece is here and what do you actually believe? Because again, adult version of you might say, sex is great. I love my partner. He's so safe. But if there's parts of you that have been in very toxic relationships, opening up to that level of intimacy with the partner before you, although has you know, done what they can to create that level of safety, you might just not feel safe until you really look at these parts of your story and and really call in and reclaim these lost, so to speak, parts of who you are. That is so beautiful. And I love that the world is changing and talking about sex in a sexy way um, (laughs) and in a therapeutic way that we're just starting to normalize talking about it. And it's something that all of us have probably talked about uh, sitting at this table that, you know, it's to talk about sex for a lot of people is a no-no like on on the on the show one of the girls was saying that she can't even she doesn't even feel comfortable saying the word sex and so there's a whole spectrum of you know where our comfort is and and you know it's been placed there by a variety of, of issues and conditioning and and really where we begin this conversation is starting to normalize and and that's why we started one of the reasons why we started the show was like let's have these conversations and I mean like it's been a journey for each one of us uh, you know you've shared and I know you intimately <laughs> well not intimately but intimately, intimately. <laughs> there's no secrets here no there's, holes bars no and same for you yeah and mm-hmm. it's so beautiful when we can start talking in a way that's just like hey there's no shame here there's no shame in this game let's just start talking and it's so beautiful as we open up the conversation, it's like, oh my God, you feel the same way? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you went through that? That's like, that blows my mind. And and going back to the layers you mentioned before, we start peeling back these layers and we're like, oh my gosh, wow, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable talking dirty in the bedroom because, you know, my growing up, I was told to be seen and not heard, mm-hmm. you know? And so you, you really, uh, you really heal through sex you really heal through these sexual conversations and uh, I think it takes all of us just you know putting our insecurities down and be like okay let's talk about this I'm not going to judge you you're not going to judge me and let's just share and it it blows my mind how quickly how powerfully we can heal and Mm. oh I I have so much respect for the work that you're doing and especially, especially watching the show last night 
we are doing our research. I have air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Fun research. The sexiest research. kind. The sexiest kind. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to do a history show. But yeah. sex show? <laughs> oh, I'll research the fuck out of that. Right. <laughs> it was so beautiful where, uh, where I was watching it, and I'm like, oh... I saw where I would get a little nervous and mm-hmm. where I've done so much work on on my body acceptance. I mean, so much so I wrote a freaking book about it and I feel so good in my body. And I, I was doing, I was sharing with you guys, I did naked yoga this morning and all of a sudden I caught myself like picking my body apart a little bit. And it, it's just, again, going back to when we're together and when we're sharing and when we're learning and then I... I come across you like this blessed gift bestowed upon me and the healing modalities that you have just blow me away. So with, with people who come to you, what are they hoping to get and achieve with working with you? It's interesting because I think that when women find me, there's a resonance there on some level. It's It's the level of like, the thing that comes in right now is like self-hate like there's a resonance around the self-hate and you talked about being able to speak these words being able to say sex like I remember in the beginning of my somatic healing journey I couldn't I could not say the word pleasure I I hated the word erotic it was so tied to memories in my childhood that made it icky and wrong and dirty and fucking disgusting that I just like didn't want even the words in my body I couldn't literally speak them and I think that's what a lot of humans out there feel like disgust with their body disgust about their genitals the shape of their breasts the way that their love handles show in their pants like all of these different things are so incredibly relatable and I was in a podcast interview last week and they asked me like my journey with the podcast and I was saying that I started that podcast to really start to talk about the things that nobody else was talking about. Like I talked about my Adderall addiction. I talked about my substance abuse and my love for cocaine just to keep this body. Like all of the things that are actually really intimate and, you know, maybe a lot of people wouldn't share on a podcast. But it was so important to me to share on a podcast because fuck, like you're all talking about it we're all fucking doing it so who the fuck's gonna speak louder about it and make it normal so that we can actually heal from it right like that's how we shed the shame so I feel like this question of like what do women or the humans that I work with come to me and really wanted to achieve it's it's really like radical Mm self-love for all of who they are all of the parts of who they are like a deep devotion to self and the permission to be all of who they are and to be able to have everything that they want which like comes first from sitting with the self and being a full fuck yes to the desires that come out of you which might be really fucking scary right like mm-hmm. your desire to have a threesome or your desire to be with the same sex or your desire to be with a non-binary person right like or maybe you're non-binary all of these different pieces like they just hold so much shame and so I think that when you really narrow it down for me it's and for the women that I find find me it's freedom it's freedom in who they are and freedom to be and live and fuck and play and feed 
in a way that feels good for them and the permission to change moment to moment like maybe I want to fucking feel this way right now but tomorrow I'm going to want to fucking feel this way yep and that, I know that I want to be in relationship with somebody that can honor that shift and fluidity in who I am yes mm-hmm. and I think it's that ownership of self this is who I fucking am mm-hmm. you don't have to like it I like it I fucking like it. I don't need anybody else to like it. Today I feel great. Tomorrow I'm going to feel like shit. The next day I'm not going to be able to get out of bed. And the day after that, it's I'm going to be raging. I don't yeah. know. Like, it, this is just the reality of the human existence. And I don't have to be anything to anybody. I just have to be true and honor myself. We were talking about the specifically around the body. And I was telling Jessica that when I'm with a lover, I have no concerns about my body at all. I am a sexy fucking goddess I can see what I do to my partners I can feel their energy like it's all good but if I stand in a mirror by myself then those thoughts come in and then it's that well mm, you have too much cellulite on your ass or those stretch marks are there doesn't matter that you gave birth to two children what are you going to do about those stretch marks what laser work are you going to get how far away are you from getting that mommy makeover that you should have so that you have you know toned tight abs again it's like who the fuck this is the question I always ask myself. Who said you needed that? Wh- who put that idea in your head? They don't matter. They don't matter. And it's like more, more of that for, this, for the women in this world, in this existence right now. More of who the fuck said you had to do that and why do their opinions matter? They don't live here. They don't live in this existence with you. They do not live in your mind. This mm-hmm. is your reality. Uh, and it's like really getting that permission to, like you said move forward, but then taking ownership of that responsibility too. I like that you said responsibility because it is, and it's not something that ever ends, right? Like there's moments in my current life where I'm like, oh, I'm operating from that story or, oh fuck, I'm not sharing this desire with my man because I'm scared he won't love me as much when I say that I'm going to this place and I'm going to sleep with this human, right? Like it's like, there's moments where I am continuously confronted with my truth and it's a recommitment every single day to stay true to who I am and to continuously choose which world I'm living in like what reality am I living in today and those negative thoughts and those fear gremlins and like the critics that come in it's my first question is always whose voice is that Mm -hmm. like who fucking told you that was it your mom was it your dad Mm -hmm. was it your ex-partner like where did that story come from because it's not yours Yep. It's not yours. Shedding all of that is so powerful. And I had this moment. I was standing in Portofino, Italy on this dream trip. Mm. Stunning views, amazing food, all this goodness. And I was worried about my fucking body. How much weight I had put on from indulging in this fabulous trip. And I, I had this moment. I write about it in my book. I had this fuck it moment when I, I realized that I was ruining my life because of all the judgment that I bestowed upon myself. And I'm like, who the fuck cares if I have a flat stomach, if I have dimples in my ass, if my jawline isn't perfect, if I'm not the, you know, and I started thinking about all the judgments I had on myself. And I'm like, who actually cares? Nobody, nobody that loves me cares. You know, my mom isn't calling me like, you need to lose weight. You know, my mom is the opposite. She's like, honey, you're too thin. You need to eat. You need some more pleasure in your life. You know, the 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 men that I share my bedroom with and 
you know, they're they're just thrilled. Just, they're thrilled. They're just they're happy to be invited. To be they're just happy to be in- included. Right. And really, I, I that was my fuck it moment that I was like, I refuse to waste my precious, gorgeous existence and life on judging myself. And I realized that as soon as as soon as I took ownership over that, everything started slipping off it was like there were the judgments and the shame and the 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 torment that I would put myself through just started going away and and similar to your journey my life got better from that point as soon as I was like I put on some weight I found my ideal weight I started rocking it the people that started coming to my life were different the conversations the healing is so beautiful and Something that I I love about where my healing has gotten me today is the conversations that I'm able to have with people, specifically my fellow woman. I, I have found a lot of healing talking to my fellow woman and finding out, you know, what are you insecure about? Where have you been? What are you scared of right now? And when we start laying all that on the table, it just, it's going, I'm going to use your word, it's freedom. And it gives us permission, and and that's why we are here. That's why we have this show is we're giving people permission and allowing them to step into their true essence and to be themselves, to, you know, take responsibility. I, I love how I'm, like, picking up all of our little, <laughs> our little nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> that we're taking responsibility for our healing, stepping into our power and our authenticity to heal and to become whole and then to have these conversations that go further that's like okay where where are we sexually now and And where do we want to be where do we want to be and and then from that point where um you know we are in this room and where you are listening because we are part of this together that it's about healing the collective and it's about having these conversations and they and they start over cocktails where we're sitting there going (laughs) um I spent the whole entire day masturbating, mm-hmm. getting high, yeah, watching Sex in the City. I came like six times today, and I tried something new. <laughs> you know, it starts it's, by it does start by that, and I think that's important. And I want more of that, more, mm-hmm. more yes. of that, more of that for our fellow women, and I want more of that for the individuals who are out there dating. I bring up sex and sexual preferences very, very, very early in the process of dating somebody new. We maybe even be in that first, just first, second date kind of stage, yeah. and the reason is because I know what I like, I know what I enjoy, I know what I'm willing to give, and I know what I want to experience. And the one thing I am unwilling to waste any more of my time on mm-hmm. is being in relationships that I do not derive pleasure from. Yeah. And so it's really simple, but I find it's simple for me to do, but I find it's not simple for people to be met with that energy, which is also a very clear telltale that I, this is not going to go anywhere. Because if we can't have this conversation as practical strangers, then there's right. absolutely no way when we know each other better and I've got you tied up and we're getting ready to like dig deep into some hot wax play. Ooh, we heard that. <laughs> I did that intentionally. You know, like it's not going to work. And and I think that's such an important part of it because again your time is so fucking precious Mm -hmm. do not be friends with people that do not light you up do not spend time with family that cuts you down do not date with or have interactions with people who make you feel shitty about yourselves you get to choose who gets to be in your life seek the people that are vibing in the same energy on the same frequency in the same flow that you are 
-hmm. where do the erotic blueprint and these different types, which I really want to dig into, and I hope it's okay transition here, but how do those really play into that? What what are they, A, because I I think a lot of people are still learning about them. And then how does that play into your day-to-day and how you present yourself just as a, a human in this world? Yeah. Before I answer that, can I circle back to what you just shared? Oh, yeah, of of course you can. Of course, yeah. I think, so, I think the the resonance piece that I find with so many of the women is that there's that self-hate piece, self-hate piece, right? Yes. And I think that, like, when, Jessica, you were sharing about this fuck it moment and you were, like, all these different things that are, like, quote-unquote wrong about the body... I think I think that for so many women, while there's been a lot of healthy relationships, there's been a lot of really negative relationships where they have not been loved for their cellulite and their partner, like you said, has made them wrong for not orgasming or for having a small small clitoris, right? Like the things that I've experienced in my relationships have made it feel so unsafe to even talk about the conversation of sex or even talk about my insecurities because it's like, well, I've been attacked for that in the past, right? So I think to go even back to what you were saying too about community and women, like I love that this show has aired because I think that because sex is so taboo, we think that sexual healing is done in private and it's only ever done Mm. behind closed doors. Right. And that's not the case. It's like any other thing that you heal. You're actually supposed to heal this in community and you heal it so much deeper and wider and greater when you are in community, in safe spaces with with your humans, with humans, with the same gender, with different genders, with non-gendered humans, right? Like you just learn about your human body and your animal body. And there's so much permission and freedom in that. So I I think that for a lot of us, because this holds so much shame, we're just not talking about it in our spaces. Like we're not saying to our friend, yeah, I like fucked myself seven times and I squirted. Like there's shame about squirting, right? There's just shame about our body parts. And so I think that actually taking a breath and giving yourself like that grace and space to know that you're not just up against your own insecurities in this like you're up against the world's narrative about the the body and the world's narrative about sexuality and relationships and what it means to be a woman in this world and being sexually empowered so I think that the blueprints are so powerful because they do give you permission. They give you permission to understand more of who you are as an erotic being, as a sexual being, and to say like, hey, look, I love all of these different things and there's nothing fucking wrong with it. And oh my God, there's other humans that like this thing too. Wow, (laughs) fuck, I can't believe I'm like keeping my kinks and my fetishes in the closet. And I'm primarily energetic in my stack. And so... There's one post that I wrote that always gets the most attention and it started with like, you never initiate sex or come on to me ever. And like said every boyfriend I ever had. I remember in every relationship that I would have, my boyfriends would always be like, I just don't feel you. Like, I don't feel all of you. I feel like you're not fully there. I feel like you're holding back. And and I just wouldn't know what to say. Like I 
could kind of understand it and feel it, but I didn't really understand it. I would just be like, what do you mean? Like, I'm fucking you. Like, what, what, like, just go fuck someone else. And I just don't even want to deal with it. Like, I just felt so wrong about my sexuality because I didn't feel like I had a sex drive. I felt like I was asexual. I was like, am I a lesbian? I don't even know if I'm turned on by the male body. I thought there was like something wrong with me. I thought it meant that I was less of a woman for not meeting my partners in this way where, you know, me initiating was just initiating in the energetic blueprint. Like, hey, babe, can we just sit on the couch and cuddle for a minute? Or can we can you just hold my heart for a second? Like that was actually me initiating. I was just initiating in a different blueprint Mm -hmm. in a blueprint that maybe a sexual wouldn't understand or a kinky wouldn't understand. And so, again, with these blueprints, like they give you language to understand who you are where you're at and and really where you want to go. So to circle back to your question, Rashawn, I think the blueprints are something that you can weave into everything that you do. Because one of my mentors would always say, the way that you show up in the bedroom is the way that you show up everywhere else in life. So the way that you do one thing is the way you do everything. So you better believe if you have a hard time speaking your truth and standing in your boundaries, it's going to show up in the bedroom and you're probably abandoning yourself in more ways than you realize in the sheets right because it's a lot there's a lot more pressure it feels like there's more at risk in those moments it's a high sensational high pressure experience and so if you buckle in those moments out there in life you're you're probably repeating that in the bedroom and so for me I'm like cool let's go straight to the sex when I work with clients because that's where this stuff shows up and that's where you're just you're like skyrocketing mm-hmm. through the journey right you're quantum leaping by working with sexuality because all your shit's going to show up there all of it <laughs> oh, so, that is yeah. <laughs> such a beautiful exercise for people to do is to sit down and like, what is your sex like? Mm-hmm. How do you show up in the bedroom? What do you feel? Such a, a insightful practice to sit down and to not only bring awareness to who you are in the bedroom, but then parlay that into your life. Got to be fascinating. So with the b- blueprints, tell us about each one of them and yeah. please tell us how they how they work. So there's five erotic blueprints. There's energetic, sensual, kinky, sexual, and shapeshifter. And I'll kind of take you through each of them. There's also four different states and stages that, I'm sorry, five different states or stages that you can go through. And then there's also four different pathways or obstacles to sexual health and wellness. So I want to just say that because those things also can affect the way that you show up in your blueprint. So for example... Like if you've had trauma, you might not show up in the kinky blueprint, right? You might not feel like it's safe. So as I go through the blueprints, really fill into which ones resonate most with you, but also which ones trigger you. I think that's a big thing too. And Rashawn, you said that when you were watching Sex Love Goop, like which moments in the episode, you know, trigger or activate your system, like what arises for you. So really feel into that too when I when I take you through the blueprints. So I'll start with energetic. And the energetic are those of us that get really turned on by anticipation space tease the the longing like the yearning the delicious tension between you and me from there like we love space and like jaya said in the episode it's it's being touched before you're even touched so it's playing with the the energetic space between you and something else like another human or another object and with every blueprint just like 
every archetype, there's a shadow and a superpower with each of them. So for the energetic blueprint, your superpowers are going to be being able to be turned on without any touch. Like you can have an orgasm like you saw in the show without even being touched or very lightly touched. So a superpower of the energetic is, is really being able to have that pleasure and it's not just localized to our genitals, right? It's, it's mm. everywhere. It's like electric currents running through your body. And then a shadow side of the energetic is short circuiting. So for those of you listening, you might really resonate. This was big for my story too, was part of that like never coming on or initiating or feeling like I wasn't sexual was because the way that I was being touched was in a different blueprint. So my partner or lover would often touch me and touch my genitals or like grab my breasts from behind me and I would short circuit and be like, well, now I'm not turned on. Mm, kind of shut down. Yeah, you just mm -hmm. shut down. Like it's, it's too much, too fast. It's overwhelming. Your body like can't handle what's happening there. And it's because we're so energetically sensitive that we're that we feel everything. So there needs to be a build a slower build up typically. So with energy, could we also say it's connection and chemistry too, that you're having drinks with someone and you're like, Oh my God, I'm so attracted to this person and I feel a deep connection with this person. Is it also that too? I think that the blueprints show up, like we've said, outside of the bedroom. I think that could be part of it. Like, I think that energetics are typically more open to the energy that's there and can and f can feel deeper. Um, I also think that could be like sensual as well, because you're playing in that kind of environment. So maybe that environment brings up different things in you. I love that. Mm. I do too. And you know, I think for those of us who are listening, who are hearing really about the energy and we, we talk a lot about, uh, we, uh, we, 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 we all, we talk a lot about the importance of chemistry mm -hmm. in a date in those beginning stages and why that's incredibly important to some of us and others are like, oh, I don't even take that into consideration type thing. And I think if you're somebody who's like, chemistry is so incredibly important and I'm looking for this and I just want to get to the date as quickly as possible because I need to feel this person. I think you're really probably leaning into that that energetic type there and yeah. should really be exploring that a little bit more because you are feeling that in other aspects of your life, which is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what I would say too with that is I think a lot of us have an expectation that when you enter into a lovership or partnership that the chemistry and sexual energy should just be there. And I love that that was highlighted in the show too because the married couple that Jaya worked with didn't ever really have like great epic sex, but they had great epic love. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that they were mismatched. Their blueprints were just hiding and they maybe it really looked like didn't know who they were as sexual erotic beings. So I think that like for those that are listening and have found this work, again, another piece of permission is that like you know, it. we could say that there's never really a sexual mismatch, right? Like if you really want to play with somebody, you can find something that you can come together on and find common turn on in. Yeah. So I don't think that there's really like a sexual, like that you're not compatible, so to speak, like that can be created. Yeah. And I really think that the relationships that start with a lot of that heat and a lot of that energy are usually just toxic patterns bouncing off of each other. So like <laughs> even for me in my relationship now, like there wasn't that spark right off the bat that built and, and the sex has just gotten better and better and better and better because we've had patience and and intimacy and safety that was developed there so that all of those different parts of who we are were then able to come out and 
show their faces and say like, hey, I want to play with this part. Like, <laughs> can you hold this part? You know? Well, I think it's a lot like the love languages. It's a sexual love language. And when we look at the love languages and, you know, if it's acts of service or physical touch and words of affirmations, I could go through the list of them. But if you are with a partner or a lover and they speak a different love language, it's you can both speak that language and, and maybe you don't know how to speak that language, but you can learn. There's really going back to the compatibility issue. It's just a matter of saying, well, you know, mine, my love language is words. I love to hear them. And, and yours is acts of service. I don't really speak like that. But now that I know that yours is acts of service, like, shoot, um, can I go wash your car? Can I cook you dinner? You know, and, and then we we then can um, answer the call to step up and, you know, honor those those languages and the, the different blueprints. Yeah, like sex is sex is the same frequency as money and love. Right. So when we're looking at the love languages, they're a framework and system that supports us in being better able to love one another and it's the same thing with the blueprints like they exist to be able to learn how to love one another better and I think we just haven't ever been taught how to love one another (laughs) in a very holistic all-encompassing way and we have never really had the safety or space you know it's it's there's you can't do these things as kids, right? And so there's it doesn't even exist and as an adult or it's starting to now, but like where is the space where we can be like, cool, let's learn how to play with each other's body. Like if you look at the blueprints, right? Like there's layers of you can play with the body this way, you can play with the body this way, you can play with the body this way. None of this is wrong. You might really love this today. You might hate this tomorrow, but it's a it's a practice and a framework to say like this is all of the ways that you can play with another human body. There's so much that you can do with the human body and once you really have the permission to explore that, you're going to find a lot of really incredible things about out out about yourself. I love that. And I love where we are in this world that we are adopting new language, whether it be the love languages or the attachment theory. And especially we're in Denver. So it's interesting to me that you go on a date and you can sit down with someone. They're like, hey, what's your love language? What's Mm. your attachment style? So I'm going to set an intention before we go on to the next one. I'm going to set an intention that the erotic blueprint. Yes will come into mainstream conversations that we can sit down and I can say, I'm not going to share yet what mine is. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll share ours in a minute, but we could sit down at the table and be like, I am a this. Oh, great. What is yours? Well, I'm a this. And then we, we can build a relationship and we can, God, you did such an amazing job just explaining what the erotic blueprint was. I was like, whew, that was, that was money. So <laughs> That was money. That was money. So <laughs> Well, and, and like when we talk about language too, the more that I get into this body of work, not just the blueprints, the blueprints and somatic sexology and somatic embodiment work, you realize that language is the thing that's actually the barrier. Like the language is the thing that holds us back. There's been moments in my story where I'm like, I just feel so misunderstood. And it's like, well, you're over explaining your fucking self. You're trying to use a thousand words to explain this one thing and like, what's the right word? And it's like, you're never gonna feel heard, seen and understood through language. I I think that there are ways that we can, but like really what we're looking for in that is to feel felt. And we, we do that through presence and contact. It's not really language. So when we're actually 
using a system like this, you're taking the words out of it. Like you're taking that kind of language out of it and you're actually just getting right into the body. And then the body can actually take that exhale and breathe and feel everything that's there. It's a different way of of relating and communicating. Well, but it is a type of communication. Your mm. body tells you exactly how you feel at all times. Yeah. If you're if you're listening, mm-hmm. right? If you're dealing with an ailment or your back is really bothering you in one particular particular position or you know you're, you've got tightness throughout your hips or in your shoulders your neck you've got this tension headache that won't go away I mean your body is screaming at totally. you mm-hmm. it's yep. screaming at you so I think and I think the erotic blueprint is a beautiful way beautiful way to really dive into what it means to discover your pleasure yeah. and how to embrace that and mm-hmm. then how to teach. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking fun. They're fucking like, fun. Like, let's bring fun back into it. I, yeah. This is forgotten. a good like, fucking time. This is fun. <laughs> let's get to a point where we're all so charged up and amped and ready to just have delicious, exciting, wonderful sex with our partners and our lovers and as often and by ourselves as often as we possibly can. Yeah. Let's shift the entirety of the energy in this collective by just diving into pleasure mm-hmm. and what that means. So we covered energetic. Mm-hmm. Next one I'll go into is the sensual. So the sensual are those of you who are turned on by all of the senses. Like you just love the deliciousness of life. Like I imagine sensual is moving like syrup. Like you just kind of glide. Everything is yummy. Everything feels really good. And and you love all of the senses. So music, sound, touch, like those are the things that really ignite you and turn you on. And um, they really love full body touch, like contouring touch, kind of more of like a squeezing sensation, whereas the energetic would be more very light fingertip movement or like just playing with the hair on your arms. Essential would be like skin to skin contact, maybe some light squeezing and really connecting on that level. The superpower of the sensual is that you get to have full body orgasms. So a lot of us when we have when we climax when we are fully in our erotic pleasure we can be isolated to just the genitals and that's really just where we feel the pleasure and the climax whereas with the sensual it's a full body orgasm and the shadow side of the sensual is that oftentimes you can get stuck in your head so for those of you that get really heady in the bedroom and feel like you can't drop into the body and drop into the pleasure, you could be a sensual um, and it, you could just be acting in the shadow side of the sensual for right now. And again, it's like if you find yourself in the shadow sides of this, it's nothing to beat yourself up to about like it's nothing to be like, fuck, I'm in the shadow. Fuck, how do I fucking get out of it? Like, <laughs> And if you're in the superpower, cool, celebrate that. And that could be gone tomorrow and then it could come back so like just know that all of this is fluid and it changes and it's the framework where you can find parts of yourself and your story in so I find that for a lot of sensuals when they're in the bedroom they're kind of very focused on like what do I smell like and oh my god he's behind me what does my ass look like from that angle and ew I hate this fucking song and like the picture frame up there in the wall is crooked and like it's like those stories kind of playing out mm-hmm. yeah well, I am a high sensual, as you and I know. Mm-hmm. And so that really resonates with me. I like to set the ambiance. I'm excellent at that, especially me being a Virgo as well. Like I mm-hmm. will, I have the perfect playlist. I have the lighting set just right. The oh, temperature, like <laughs> um, something that uh, Julianne, you and I talked about privately that I love is that um, a, a beautiful exercise that one can do when they're essential is using food 
outside of the bedroom. Um, I have, I don't know if I've shared with you, I, I don't think I've shared on this platform, but I have a degree in nutritional psychology and I've worked with a lot of women around eating disorders and all that, all that good stuff because I've had my own shit. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the healing tools that goes along with sensual is, you know, all five senses. So sitting down, having a meal and using all senses looking at the food how beautiful it is you and i we talked about this over sushi and you Mm -hmm. had this gorgeous sushi it was so gorgeous and it was this moment that looking at it and tasting it and smelling it Mm -hmm. and you know incorporating all that is a beautiful exercise to do outside the bedroom for you sensuals that are looking to well not only enjoy a good meal (laughs) but also to get in touch with and ignite those so then when you do go into the bedroom because if eating and sex are one of the two rare activities that you can do that involve all five senses. Is that true? Yeah, I think there's a, I mean, there's always really incredible analogies. I think when you talk about sexuality that are just, you know, like you talk about a chef and you might want this flavor tonight and then the next day you might want this kind of flavor. So I think that there's a lot of crossover between food and sexuality and there's a lot of room to bring them together and play in both worlds. I was at a retreat actually um, with Jaya and we had a sensual feast. And so we were being domed at the table and I'll be doing this in my mystery school where like, okay, you're blindfolded and there's five different items on the plate and like now this dom will dom you into picking up this one but you can't bite it like you can just lick it or you can just smell it so there's so much Mm. that you can play with in the realm of food too I really love that yeah I want to go to mystery school (laughs) it's gonna be fun I know it's like ooh, yay sign me up for mystery school this sounds delightful I I didn't really like school but I I think I'm gonna like that (laughs) that that school sounds like a worthwhile investment I'm not gonna lie Mm. so the sensual um And real quick, I want to touch on, and then I would love to go to the next one, that when I hear sensual, it sounds very feminine to me. Uh, Men are also sensual. Can we just, can we break that down too, that for the gentlemen that are out there listening and they're like, oh, that's all the romantic, like mumbo jumbo type stuff. Can you talk to um, that a little bit as far as how men can also fall into that category and it's it's uh natural yeah so last (laughs) night i watched i binged sex love goop and then last night watched it with my partner and i was like we have to watch it together because i'm going to pause it every five seconds and give you a rundown of this and this and this and so you know we were watching it and he was like it seems like all the women are energetic and i was about to be like blah 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 and then I was like you just watch and then like the end of the second uh, show when the husband went and had his energetic orgasm Paul was just like <laughs> it was so good he's like I want to do that I'm like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes you so, do want to do that yeah like I think it was you know everything happens in such a divine way I think it was so destined to have that couple on the show and work with Jaya to showcase that it's it's not actually about gender I think a lot of us think that energetics and sensuals are for the woman or the vulva bodied people and it's just not true I again think that I really believe every, I would say most of the people in the blueprint community believe that everybody is a shapeshifter. I know we haven't gotten to that yet, but we believe that everybody is a shapeshifter at our core. And so we've just been programmed and conditioned into the way that we think sex should be or the way pleasure should be or the way it should feel. And so 
I don't think it's about gender at all. It's not about gender at all. It's actually just about turning on these parts of who you are. Most of us are so disconnected from our energetic body. Of course, our energetic blueprint is low. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of vulva owners have felt a lack of safety in the world. So they're more alert. They're more sensitive. They're maybe more emotional. But again, that doesn't mean that men don't have that same level or capacity to feel or the same like sensations available to them in their body. They're just probably less. They have not discovered those parts of who they are they haven't had as much time to explore that and enough permission to be like that's still that's still manly Mm -hmm. like you still got a cock and balls don't worry no one's thinking about you differently just because you had you know sex on the table with no one talk like touching you right so it's it's like broadening the conversation about how we can even experience pleasure throughout our gender because I mean, gender could be fluid as well. Like gender is a spectrum. Yes, it It is. is. So Mm -hmm. so why it's like this is all fluid. You get to wake up. I think that and I might have said this to you when we had sushi, like my my role and and why I, I said this at the beginning of the podcast, I'll go to the ends of the earth. Like I have went so hard and um, so deep in my healing journey and I'm nowhere near it's over. Right. Like I'm just at the beginning of this. But so much of my MO has been like, how do I empty myself out enough to be able to be anything that I need in the moment for a client or in whatever situation? Like what archetypes do I need to pull in to my being so that I can stand in this, whether it's more of like my warrior or my soft feminine or my submissive, like which part of me? needs or not needs but do I desire to bring into this moment so there's there's there was yet like the other day I woke up and and Paul was next to me and I was like I looked in my closet and I was like who do I want to be today (laughs) like who do I want to dress up as today does she want to be grungy does she want to be this and I think it's the same thing with gender and sexuality and it's just emptying ourselves out enough to know that we are all of it and none of it and we get to choose oh I love that and it's funny I that's a question I ask myself every single day yeah who am I going to be today who (laughs) what version of Rashawn is going to walk out into this world who who do I feel safe presenting honestly Mm -hmm. is a lot of it as well uh, based on the the mood of the day which is really interesting you know I had the uh, wonderful opportunity to take on a new lover recently and our first experience together he was just so yummy Um, but in addition he had such an energetic response and it was beautiful because this is just a a, a man the type of man that I just like dream Manly about man. just a mm-hmm. man that and alpha it was male energy so there. beautiful yeah just for him to just be so energetically connected to me especially with it being a very first time for us together and me getting to experience watching his body respond it's to the honor. simplicity of yes of just like the lightest even touch it was it was an honor it really was to have that ability to tune in and to bring somebody that type of pleasure felt yeah just delicious mm-hmm. it was delicious mm-hmm. a delightful experience and I think that's what we're all craving like we're, we're we're I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and she was like I'm just not finding anybody attractive like I just want I want to have sex like my friends are out there being sexually liberated and like I'm just not finding anybody attractive and I'm like okay well why are you making yourself wrong and why are you making them right just because somebody's out there fucking everything doesn't actually mean that they're sexually liberated mm-hmm. and so we dug a little bit deeper and I was like and I was asking her well what do you think that the sex is going to give you or, or what are you really reaching for and she had just an aha moment of oh like maybe I'm actually just really wanting connection and intimacy mm-hmm. and so I, I think about the energetic and the sensual blueprints there's 
an incredible amount of intimacy available in each blueprint. And I think that in the energetic and the sensual blueprint, there's a different kind of intimacy that a lot of us haven't actually experienced. We know how to fuck hard, like in the sexual blueprint. We know how to scratch and pull and yank, like in the kinky. Many of us don't know how to move slow. Many of us don't know how to touch without being touched or to let ourselves be touched without being touched. Many of us don't indulge in the full senses. So there's a level of intimacy in these first two blueprints that you that I took you through that I think can be overwhelming for a lot of us and overwhelming to our systems because there's such a slowdown that it reveals things inside of us that maybe we haven't looked at before and that brings up a lot and can be confrontational. That is so beautiful and we've talked about this in our last episode of this show when we were talking about porn they mention it on sex love and goop that a lot of us were taught how to have sex through porn and porn they're not sitting there like hey baby can you turn on that r&b playlist that i made yesterday did you feel the essential oil diffuser right <laughs> like this light touch that oh actually i'm not even going to touch you i'm just going to hover you know yeah. we're we don't that hasn't been displayed to us and it hasn't been taught and so i just wanted to throw that into the conversation that you know our sex ed has not taught us about energetic and sensual. Unfortunately, it hasn't. And we're not having this conversation with youths for is even as parents. It's like, where's my responsibility lie? And what's the appropriate time to bring this up? And how's that conversation going to look, Uh, which is incredibly important. But additionally, it's not we're not sitting around talking about this and, and diving into these blueprints and we're not seeing it. We're not witnessing it. We're not witnessing it in porn. Uh, we see certain situations in movies, right, where they create a very romantic setting. And what yeah. is it that people say about sex in movies? That's not how sex actually is. And of course it's not because they're not actually having yeah, any type adult of Adult version knows. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. But there are aspects of like movie sex and romanticism that are created that I think we do enjoy watching and witnessing that's why it sells so well and we're not asking ourselves that question of like okay we know that this isn't exactly how it is we're not going to look perfect it's not this beautiful moment we don't go from kissing to immediate you know penetrative sex at least i hope we're not doing that and some people may be and that's all in the own journey but it's like what about the lead up to that Mm -hmm. was so fucking enticing yeah. What was this moment of romanticism? Was it the dinner, the reservation, the pulling out of her chair? Was it the lighting of the candles? Was it the turning on of the music, getting that record player up and running? Is the steps that led up to this? And we were, I was watching this again in the show too when I was thinking about again this one couple. My heart was just so broken for them, and I'm thinking to myself like, this man believes that it's his responsibility to fuck. That is his job. He derives pleasure from penetrative sex. That's all it is. So it's a, hey, baby, I'm in the mood. Lay down. I'm going to shove this in. Go a few pumps. Finish beyond with my life. And she's, and this is, that's nothing against him. That is the message that is sold to the male identity in this world, in the society that we live in. And she's sitting there going, something's wrong with me because I don't enjoy that. And he's not hearing that. He's putting the messaging back on her as well that, yes, something is wrong with you because you don't enjoy this and you should. Right. And it was this moment when they were working with Jaya, watching his energetic experience, watching her explore the kink, watching him step out of his own comfort zone to try the kink for her and in, and saying, I'm not quite comfortable with this. I'm not getting anything from this, really expressing that and then finding the aspects of it that he did, because a lot of people think kink is pain. Kink is is bondage. Kink is 
dirty and filthy and a lot of it was this is we're just engaging in different types of touch Mm -hmm. different types of play different different modalities which I thought was really beautiful and I'm on a tangent here so I'm gonna shut up because I can feel it like where am I going I don't know I'm just so obsessed with that that imagery of it's supposed to be x but why the fuck can't it be y Mm -hmm. like why you know and I feel like what you just explained is is like living in the patriarchal world that's oh my it. gosh, like, yeah. I always kind of end up zooming out and I'm like, yeah, and this is such a bigger issue. Like, that's the world that we live in. Like, hustle, grind, right to the point, goal-oriented. And if you do it any other way, you're wrong, broken, and, and like, you're just ineffective. You're never yeah. going to get anywhere in life. Like, that's the battle and the duality that we're undoing right now. Yep. And it's beautiful, again, that this show is out and it is sh- showcasing all of this it's so beautiful um i'm i'm excited over here let's let's talk about the next one yeah this is a good segue so the (laughs) next one that i will go into is the sexual blueprint and the sexual blueprint is basically what you would think about sex from a cultural standpoint so it's it's everything that we just talked about it's it's going from zero to a hundred which is actually a superpower of the sexual so for those of you that can just get your vulva or cocked you know, touched and feel turned on and be like ready to go. That's a damn superpower. But not everybody has that, right? In the same way that not everybody, well, I do believe everybody can have energetic orgasms. So I think we all can have these superpowers. Um, So the sexual blueprint, it's a lot about nudity, genitals, like nipples, vibrators, like penetration, cock pussy in, like ejaculation for the vulva and the cock human. So it's it's a lot of that... um, energy and idea of what sex is and it's it's simple like the sexual blueprint is simple but it doesn't lack depth like there's still a lot that you can play with in the sexual blueprint um the shadow side of the sexual could really be being closed off to any other kind of sex so for those that are sexual it might feel like well everyone's having an orgasm what's the problem like she's having an orgasm i've having an orgasm why would i need to go explore the erotic blueprints why would I need to go to a coach and that was actually kind of showcased in the show where they even said like in black communities we don't talk about this again going back to we don't talk about sex it's something that you do hide behind closed doors and you definitely don't seek counsel on it Mm -hmm. so um I think that for a lot of sexuals they can feel that way for sure and sex sexual can get confused because it can come from societal conditioning or it can be a blueprint. And so like when you were talking about uh, no floor, foreplay and just stick it right in, like I'm very high sexual. I was gonna say you're high sexual. I'm high sexual. So like my partner and I just like yesterday morning we woke up and it was like, there was no foreplay. He was in and I was like, this is fucking hot. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like that that's hot. And so I think it's important to like take a beat and be like, okay, am I sexual? really first of all do I like it am am I conditioned be you know has the world taught me to be like this or do I like that and for me to say you know what I'm actually really sexual like like, giving yourself the permission to be that yes as a woman as a woman Mm -hmm. it's hot very powerful Mm -hmm. yep yeah yeah and 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 thank you for sharing that and I think to speak just to share a different experience I've had so I've had so many parking spaces like trauma spaces for that to be an issue because so much of my story was was abuse right like abuse throughout my childhood abuse from men too much too soon so 
I've had, and I see this a lot, Jaya talks about it often, a lot of couples will match up with the opposite blueprint. So your highest might be my lowest and vice versa. So I'd often always end up with partners that were high sexual. And there was, it felt like such an incompatibility where I was, I felt so violated, like so incredibly violated by the sexual blueprint. And so there was a lot of personal work that I had to do around the blueprints when as I went through the program and really learned about them. And especially as a practitioner around like, there's nothing wrong with the sexual blueprint. Like, yes, this is, you know, a lot of it can be conditioning, but it's also a blueprint. And there's actually space for me to get turned on by this blueprint once I do my own healing work around this thing and actually expand my my own mind around this and then I think too with these blueprints you can train yourself like you can absolutely train or expand yourself into these blueprints and find yourself in every single one of them and I'm glad you brought up trauma and I hope we talk about it more too because it's it's a thing is definitely a thing you know with one out of four women have experienced sexual abuse assault and um, I can't remember the exact stat but I think it's one in six men um, also as well so when we when we're looking at our sexual activity um, our preferences looking at the blueprint and you were talking about calling in your opposite that's a great opportunity again to pause and be like am I calling this in because of trauma mm -hmm. because what we do we we date our wounds we we fuck our wounds we you know we we call in what has hurt us before so there's that piece and then there's also calling in our opposite to to learn from yeah uh one thing i'm not i'm gonna try to not spoil this but uh, my beloved co-host and i we are on different ends of the spectrum and you have taught me a lot where i think probably the next one we're going to talk about um mm -hmm. you've taught me a lot and us having a conversation around it suddenly it De demystified or well it kind of emptied up in a way too <laughs> <laughs> and it also opened my eyes to a lot of and it gave me permission and I'm like wow now I'm like you opened up a door for me so I'm thankful as as as, as my I'm girl. glad thank you and vice versa as well because you do get locked into your own center of pleasure and listen i'll be the first one to admit i can be an incredibly selfish person i've survived a lot and part of that survival was putting myself first and so it's like i can live in this box of this is what i like this is what i experience and i'm only interested in partners that are on the same wavelength as me and based on what i like and what do i enjoy i'm not always going to find those people and i have to be willing to work within the other types as well and to figure out how those types can turn me on which yeah. is just why I was just so thrilled uh, to not only have the conversations that we have to kind of expand and open up the mind, but to get the opportunity to sit down and talk to you about this because mm -hmm. we get locked into, well, this turns me on yeah. and this gets me off. So what's wrong with you? Why, why are you, why, why is you this not, not working yeah. for you? Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. we tend to take shit personally. Yep, we do. Especially when we're naked. Oh, oh Lordy. gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <sensitive>. <laughs> okay. So can you take us to the next one? Absolutely. I think that was another really great segue. So the kinky <laughs> blueprint. Um, the kinky blueprint is when you're turned on by the taboo. 
and it's whatever is taboo for you. So if you're typically having sex in missionary, doggy might be kinky for you. If you are used to having group sex, maybe being tied to a wall and having impact play is kinky for you. So kinky is really just about like what is outside of the box for you? What is taboo for you? And there's different kinds of kinky. There's sensation play and there's also psychological play. So the psychological side of it would be more of like dominance and submission, control versus surrender, light versus dark. Sensation play would be more of it could be impact. It, it could be pain, but it could also be sensation like you know in the show she jaya used the metal chain flog flogger that just you just drip i, on I the body. want that can you get me that yeah. for christmas absolutely it's already in my amazon <sighs> cart <laughs> I love it. Um, so I would say a, shape, a superpower of the kinky is that there's endless creativity. Like there's just so much that you can play with in the kinky blueprint. You can get so creative um, and it's just endless. There's so much that you can do in that. The shadow side of the kinky, almost like what you were, almost you explained it to a T, is kind of getting stuck in a rut. So like let's say you're really used to only ever being, like you can only orgasm when you're, tied up to the bed like that could be something that you then train yourself to like you need that stimulus to be mm. turned on so that could be another um shadow side of the kinky is being stuck in some sort of rut or some pattern um where you can't access turn on outside of that you know i had a if real quick so sorry cut off your thought there jessica i apologize um i had a really interesting experience where for me it's it's very much psychological mm -hmm. and i like a dom sub aspect i have to live a lot of my life in my masculine for the entirety of my existence which can make it difficult to tap into my feminine by engaging in a dom sub relationship dom sub relationship um i'm able to exist entirely in my feminine because nothing more is expected of me and I love that. But I had a relationship where I gave up control over my own orgasms. And it was very, very, very sexy when I existed within the relationship. But when it ended, I had lost complete control and connection with my own body. And it's taking months, months to plug back into that. And it is an absolute mind fuck. And that is where that shadow really exists of you have to be very cognizant of what you're allowing and what control in these situations you're giving up. And this exists for all blueprints because you are the you are the master of your own pleasure. You're just teaching another person how to bring that into your existence. And so it's I really when it, when we talk about kinky and I love that you said it can be as simple as a different position that feels taboo to you. It it really it doesn't have to be whips and chains and pain and and bondage and kink and dungeons and those things are fun and if you enjoy them by all means because it is this this opportunity for adventure but I have seen the dark side of that that kinky blueprint type and what it can do to a person's ownership of their existence and so it's interesting for me to listen to you kind of explain and break that down especially as it relates to the other blueprints, because I'm very high kinky and then followed by energetic. Yeah. So, so two things come up when, when you say that. So the first one is that I think, you know, we've been taught to fear sex because it's power, right? And there's only four ways that your frontal cortex shuts off temporarily. That's through orgasm, hypnosis, plant medicine, and, and coma. So when you're in these high states of pleasure and climaxing, 
your fear center is shut off. You actually have deeper access to your subconscious. So there's a lot that you can do in those states. I do this when I'm with my somatic sexological clients where we're using sex magic, right? And, and affirming words and words of affirmation to really reprogram and program the body into the way that you want to show up. Like maybe like I am free, I am happy. Like I, I give no fucks, like I speak my truth. Like whatever it is that you're really wanting to anchor in, you can really say out loud when you're in those heightened states of pleasure. And I think like the orgasm piece, it's like, I think that there's opportunity for healing in that. And there's obviously opportunity on the other side of that. Like I always say, the parts of our body that hold the greatest capacity for pleasure also hold the greatest capacity for pain. And so it's, it reminds me of that, like those moments where there's such an, an ability to reprogram our subconscious and to get deeper into the mind and the body, like there's also things that you're patterning in there. So it's like just another in inquiry question around what am I, what am I, you know, anchoring in? What reality am I choosing through this? And yeah. Yeah. I like how you brought up the sex magic too. We'll have to do a whole other episode yep. on that because I think that's something our audience definitely needs to hear and learn and, and experience in some capacity because it's soul changing. Yeah. And like, I would say that I have a lot of kinky in my blueprint and I only... I know there's a lot of potential for me in the pain area, but I haven't actually, I'm just now getting to feel pleasure through the pain. Mm. And so like, I, I wanna say that too, like you could be really high kinky, but maybe it's through the psychological aspect. Like the pain I think hasn't felt good to me for so long because I, because I similarly had a lot of pain in my life. There was actually a lot of physical abuse. So my body doesn't necessarily like pain. It hasn't found a pleasure in that. It's starting to. So for me, it's it's like playing with the polarity of each blueprint as well. What is a dark energetic like? Like I remember Jaya once gave an example of imagine yourself sitting in your room and you're naked and you're sitting on a chair and you're blindfolded and you have no idea like what's happening around you, but like your lover is there and he's just circling you. And I was like, oh my God god like yeah. so much full body pleasure in that mm -hmm. i would say that's that's that could be kinky that could be dark energetic that could so you can play with the polarity of each of them and and find like in the show where you can meet together in a blueprint with another human and it might not look the exact same way but there's that's a starting point and then you can go and branch out from there and like we've been saying in the show and in our, our last one, there's a lot of room to heal in these moments and to learn about yourself. So uh, when watching the show and hearing how they talk about kinky and how you explain it, I'm like, I'm kinky as fuck totally. and I just never knew it. Totally kinky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think most people who are going to be listening are going to have that mindset of like, oh my gosh, I'm kinky too. Yeah. Because kink so, so, so often, and this is the thing where I just get like, I want to like hulk out in rage, is you live in this like existence of, or this thought process of, I, you have to be tied up. I have to be blindfolded. There has to be, you know, um, a dom in the space and, and I have to be feeling pain and that's, that's kink. And it's like, no, you could just like having your toes sucked. Yeah. And that falls into a kink category. And most people are like, oh, my God, what? Well, experience it. You don't know until you try. And it can be incredibly simplistic. Like you said, you are simply just taking yourself out and pushing yourself a little further past your boundary. Mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, you can decide whatever you want. And I think for someone, um, you know, like you, you want to push your boundaries. You want to go because for you, it's like, I want to know who the fuck I am mm -hmm. at my core. I, I, I feel like I'm speaking for a lot of us. And there are some things that you might just be like, no, I don't want to do. For me, 
I like there's things that I'm like, I know I don't want to do because I don't want to do it. And it's not because of a deficiency or am I scared or there's trauma. It's like, no, I really just don't want to. And so you don't owe an explanation on that to oh, anybody. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. And so so to those of you who are listening, you know, you get to you get to pick and choose and you decide what's good for you. And if you want to push your boundaries, by all means, go push. If you already know who you are and like do do that. And um, again, just to circle back around, I'm just so freaking thrilled by uh, the conversations that we're having around it. It just allows for uh, a broadening of awareness and again, the conversations and then the experiences that we can have. I mean, like going back to our friendship and how you've opened up my eyes and we went to um, Awakening uh, Boutique (laughs) on Sobo on South Broadway in, in Denver and we we picked out stuff together. We didn't use them on each other. We we are no. not intimate. <laughs> we're not intimate with one another, but we did have a really good conversation about what we were selecting. What did we like about it? Do you think this would work? Should I do this one over that one? How which, many people which do are doing pre- that? Yeah, what do you prefer? And we just had a really big conversation and I'm like, "Okay, like I want to tiptoe over here. You have experience. Can you help me? You picked up you picked out stuff for me." Yeah, things that I'm I thought you feel comfortable weekend, with. That, mm. Good. I'm glad. And I think more more of that, more of talking to one yeah. another, being like, oh, you're essential. What does that mean for you? Mm-hmm. And I, because I think I want to dive into that a little bit more. So what should I, what what do you ask for from a partner? Right. What should I ask and look for? How do I set that expectation? How do I set that tone? Completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's our last blueprint? Our last blueprint is the shapeshifter. So the shapeshifter is all of the blueprints combined. So you like all of it. You love all of it. You want all of it all of the time. And again, this is another blueprint where there's just so much creativity because you get to play with all of them. And the the superpowers and the shadow sides are you get all of it. Right. So like if you're a shapeshifter, you could have the shadow side of the sensual come out. You could have the shadow side of the kinky come out and you can also have the superpowers of all of the blueprints. So the thing with the sensual is typically like you want all of it. You want it all of the time. Like I'm such a shapeshifter in my life where I'm like, I'm going to do this program and this certification and this. And if I just organize my day this way, I can fit all of it in and like nothing's ever too much. And the shadow side of the shapeshifter can be that we feel like we're too much. Because it's almost like we're never satisfied or fed. We can shapeshift. Everyone's like, ugh. <laughs> we, can, we can shapeshift so much that we might have a lover that's energetic. So we just shift into the energetic. But then all these other parts of who we are don't feel fed or seen. So something that can pop up in this blueprint is that we might not feel fe- seen. We might not feel actually fed sexually. We might feel unfulfilled because maybe we're shapeshifting and or maybe because we don't actually know and it's not a familiar sensation in our body to feel satisfied like we don't know what satiation feels like Mm -hmm. so that's a big thing that we work with in uh, shapeshifters is actually the sensation of satiation what does it feel like to you to feel satisfied to feel fulfilled Mm -hmm. and again it like all of these blueprints and and it goes back to your question Rashawn, of like how do they show up in the day today we can get into that but i think that these show up in your life the more that you know your sexuality the more that you can see it come out in the world like I can see where these blueprints come out for me in the day-to-day like my sexual comes out in my business where I'll you know reach out to somebody in my on my team or something like that and I'm like 
did you blah, blah, blah. And I won't even say hi. Like I'm almost about to say like send it. And <laughs> no I'm like, foreplay. Yeah, no foreplay. And then I catch myself and I'm like, okay, do I, do I need some foreplay here? Like, do I want some <laughs> foreplay here? Or can I just go straight to the point? So like they, it's really interesting to work with these and see how they show up in your life and see how they show up in your partners and lovers' lives as well. I'm, I'm curious really quickly. I wanted to ask when you're talking about the satiate, the, wow, I just messed up that word. We're beautiful. The Satisfaction. Yeah. Satiation. <laughs> My brain was <laughs> like, I don't word. like that word. It don't is. say it. Um, <laughs> is the flip end of that uh, where you see people operating from a place of desperation? How so? Where, like, we're just like, de- like you're not, your needs aren't being met in some capacity. And so you're out there operating in the world just desperate for whatever you can get, whatever love, whatever attention, whatever energy you can pull, because it's just, you're not quite tuned into exactly what it is you need that's going to satisfy you. So you operate desperately in a way to like grab onto that. And I'm asking, I've, I've personally experienced situations where I feel like I'm desperate for attention. Like I have to get it. I need somebody to pay attention to me. I need somebody to touch me. And if they don't, I, I'm going to like fall off the deep end. Um, and so I wonder if that, is that kind of like the flip end of that? What I hear in that is also, it's almost like the the search. That's what I see. It's like the endless search. Like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this training and this training and this training and this training and this training. And like, it's just never enough. So there could be like a desperate flavor to that where it's almost like there's no end point because we don't know what that feels like. So we're just out there reaching and searching for things to fix this this like to feel this way to give us this fix rather and but nothing might be the thing because we're not actually plugged into the sensations and the the satiation of it very interesting yeah. very interesting the shape shifting uh blew my mind it and i learned about it uh just after you and i spent time together and my mind was blown from our personal conversation the shape shifting i'm a shapeshifter and you called it. <laughs> really? You're a shapeshifter. You're not one of them. <laughs> For me, it was really interesting to go, oh my God, that's why I can enjoy so many different things. And like one night I might have that whole ambiance that I... Uh, you know, unraveled for you guys just a few moments ago. And there's times, like I said just a few moments ago, that I was, I'm very sexual too. And I'm like, I don't need any foreplay. Like, I want it real and raw. And so it's been interesting to have the blueprints to go, oh my God, this explains so much. This mm-hmm. is, this is why I do this. And this is why I do that. And you sent me a video, I believe it's on your Instagram, that talks about shape shifting and how you can just have it all and I was with my partner the other day and it was like the middle of the day and I don't know how long we went and it was just like a myriad of activities and different things and I had the blueprint kind of playing in my head like there was times that I I was like completely checked out and then I like check back in and be like wow this is really uh this is really sexual Mm -hmm. and this is kink and like he got on top of me and he just pushed his chest his like heart into my heart and I almost came just just by that and I was so blown away by the spectrum to which we get to experience pleasure and play in and so I'm really grateful for this body of work I think it's brilliant well I I think like what's you said it so with the shapeshifter you could have like six hours of play and it's still like you could keep going like more I'm not done I'm just getting started I was like I felt like I was like superpower superpower yeah for sure thank you (laughs) And I think that goes back to like, well, so two things. I think it brings us back to what I first started with, with that there are 
four different obstacles or pathways to optimal sexual health or pleasure that can affect the way you show up in your blueprint, right? And or the five states or stages. So like when I'm ovulating, my sexual blueprint's really high. I actually, I'm just like, just take me now, throw me up against the wall and fuck me. When I'm bleeding, I don't want any penetration. Like leading up to my bleed, I'm like, can we just have energetic sex? Like, I just want you to cuddle me. And that even gave me a lot of permission with the blueprints where I was like, oh, I don't need to be penetrated during this time of my cycle if it doesn't feel good to me. Not that like we we should need to have that permission, right? But we often do. Yeah. And so I think that's another big thing to really feel into is like, what are the other things that are aiding in the way that you show up in your blueprint? Because your hormones, your cycle, um, you know, what's happening in your life, like where you're at in your sexuality affect that. And so I think with the shapeshifter, you can you love all of the sensations at the same time. Like you can have energetic blueprint, you know, happening up here and sensual down here and kinky over here. And you can also stack your blueprints. So I made a post the other day about I was um, something one of my favorite practices to do is just microdosing and taking a bath in the morning. And I feel like it really feeds me. And I get so thrown off in my life when I don't have that practice at least three times a week. And so I was sitting in my mushroom bath the other day and I was feeling into it and I was like, oh, 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 I get it. Like I'm moving through my day in the same way that I move through my blueprint stack in the bedroom. So when I start my day in that setting, I'm basically in the womb. Like I have a womb and a room in my house called the womb room that holds all of my spiritual things. It's where I do my somatic sessions and then I have the bathroom right there. And so I'm like in this womb, this cave and it's black and maybe I don't even have a candle lit and I'm just in myself and I'm in this energetic blueprint. Like I have incense going, right? Which could be sensual, but that also has an energetic flavor to me because it's touching with on that side of my body. And then after I get out of the bath, like, oh, maybe I'll do some hot yoga, like you said, or I will go on a walk and get out into nature and ground and, like, get my feet and my ass in the grass. And so then I can literally, like, handle anything that comes my way in life. And it was coming through for me when I was thinking about my relationship with my partner, where I was like, when I'm soft, I can handle anything. When I'm soft with myself, like I am in my bath, that carries out to the rest of my day. And then I can handle sexual and kinky all fucking day. When I start in my kinky or sexual, when I'm goal oriented, go right into the masculine way of doing things and my actions and like don't even give myself five moments of stillness because I'm just, you know, going hard balls to the wall. I literally can't handle all of the stimulus in my day. I get a short circuit and that's literally what happens to an energetic in bedroom. It's too much, too fast. I can't handle there's my mind's all over the place. Right. So I think that, again, you can use these with how you move through the world. And if you know how your body works and how you actually it's like, how do you how do you relax, create safety and open yourself to what's before you in the most authentic, aligned way? Like, how do you open your heart? How do you open your sex and hold that when there's challenging things coming your way? And so I think that the blueprints are another really great way to find that information out about yourself, because I know that I can go into pain. I can find pleasure in my pain when my energetic and sensual are first touched. Right. So like the other day, I just said I was I'm starting to feel pleasure from pain where like I ended you know there was bruises for like a week on my ass from spanking and I was like fuck yes I'm, I got it like my warrior stripes right now but there was so much buildup right there was like tears and my partner being inside of me and me having a big emotional outburst first and me being held in that to be able to 
bring myself to the place of being able to get off on the pain. And I think that that's another really beautiful thing with the blueprints is that you get to stack them. So your stack might be energetic, sensual, energetic kink, right? It could be kinky and then maybe you go into energetic. It's different for everybody. And again, it's different for every every day. So beautiful. And for those of you who are listening that do not know your blueprint, you can go to the show notes. Yeah and take your quiz. Uh, There are two quizzes, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, Take your quiz and you you are a master coach and so you can help people um, with a quiz and then post quiz how they can design their life around the blueprint. Yeah, absolutely. So there's two quizzes. There's one that's, I believe that's free and you'll get your core erotic blueprint and then there's an in-depth quiz and that'll give you the breakdown of what your percentages are in each blueprint. And then you can find somebody like me uh, to go deeper into this work with. We can go through the erotic blueprint course together um, and have you really apply the information and the wisdom that you're learning and how you can really bring it into your relationships. Um, And then I have a bunch of different offerings that include the erotic blueprint print framework in it and we go into other areas like healing trauma and squirting and all that good stuff well again thank you for all the work that you do in this world and thank you for coming in today and talking about the erotic blueprint um you want to share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Julianne Vaccaro. It's J-U-L-I-A-N-N-E. V as in Victor, A-C-C-A-R-O. Um, my website is the same, so JulianneVaccaro.com. I also have a podcast called The Reclamation Project. It's on iTunes and Spotify. And I have a whole bunch of different offerings and uh, programs that are up on my website. So everything that's under the goddess approach And then I have a mystery school. It's called In the Flesh. It's a facilitator training for somatic sexology. We'll be diving into the erotic blueprints and that and really learning how to do sexological body work and this this body of work on ourselves and on each other. So a lot of really exciting things happening and coming up. Oh, well, again, we are so appreciative that you are here. And we're going to have you back on. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, Yes. (laughs) We couldn't even cover a portion of what we wanted to in just a singular episode. So you will be back. And we are so excited because this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so grateful to be able to share and just chat with both of you ladies. Well, thank you. You as well. Thank you. Thank you, Rashawn, for being here with me. Being thank by you, my Jessica, side. for being here with me. And thank you to everyone who listened today. Uh, follow us, uh, DM us, and share what your blueprint is. Yes. And uh, what you came away from this show with. We would love to hear from you. Um, thank you. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, get out there and love each other. <laughs>